Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Put your crown on. Let's get chatting. Welcome to Episode 6. Hi Liv, how are you? Good, Jess. Happy and counting down the days, two yeah. days until school's back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Cannot wait. I, I don't quite get those. I mean, I do love not having a schedule in the holidays, Yeah. but I don't like the mess. No, I love holidays, but the winter holiday is particularly hard because yeah. it drags on and it's quite a long one. Yeah, especially when you don't go away. <laughs> <gasps> anyway. So the podcast today, I was reading last weekend an article written by Caroline Overington in The Australian and it was on the um, the boys stuck in the cave in Thailand. Mm. Um, it stopped the world. Yeah, and it actually it really did. And I um, her article was just so telling and it gave a, a lot of insight into human nature and um, our desires for goodness. I think. Uh, anyway, it got me thinking, and that's what our podcast is on today. It starts with this article. Yeah. So I'm just going to read um, one of the um, paragraphs in the, in the first part of the article. It says here, there was hope that the missing boys could be found. There was faith that they could be saved and there was love. And it just made me realise when all these three things come together, great things can happen. Um when we really truly listen to one another because we we all belong to one another mm. it's not a um either or mentality it has to be a both and so we both it's not you and us us and them it's yeah. together and we've got this responsibility to come together and to care for one another um reconcile our differences and you could see that in what was happening mm. over in thailand um, and as Mother Teresa says, the reason why there is so much war is because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. And I just thought that that whole exercise of getting these 13 out of the cave was um, an exercise of togetherness and putting aside your differences. People from uh, the UK and Australia and the Thai. Mm, that was amazing. It was, And it was. It's just brought mm. everyone together. Mm, and that's mm. what we're, we're about. Um, that nobody is beyond hope and nothing, no no circumstances beyond hope. And I think sometimes we do feel this sense of hopelessness. I just want to read um, something in her, her article and it says, uh, I'll just have to find it. Well, what was um, yeah. so lovely, to, sorry, while you're looking at Yeah, up, I found it but kept going. What was so lovely was that, you know, they weren't, someone famous that the whole world stopped for. They were this little mm. group of young boys that came from impoverished families, yeah. a little tiny village that no one had heard of, you know. And we all had a heart for them. them. Yeah, that's right. So it says here um, they had to have a plan. So it says the, the, rescuers, the rescuers would go in and let's pause now and take a look at them assembled at the cave entrance, laden with packs weighing 46 kilos, and with expectation, um, all of them quiet, humble, experienced, hopeful, determined and, 
determined and gathered, it must be said, at a so unlikely pace, place for a resurgence of human goodness. Mm. Near a village not far from where Thailand, Myanmar, Myanmar and Laos meet in the Golden Triangle, at a place best known for drug running and poverty and human trafficking. Mm. And those places you think are hopeless. Yeah. And out of this, the depths of hopelessness, a place where, you know, horrible things happen, children being, you know, sold and um, mm. taken, this moment of peace and coming together um, would happen. Mm. It just, amazing. yeah, it was just something very reassuring, very hopeful about it. Um, so I want to ask you, what's your take on hope? But remembering that real hope, uh, true hope, isn't just wishful thinking. It's not having a positive attitude. Um, but I think real hope is believing that God is who he says he is. And I know, if, I mean, that's hard to swallow. It is. And and you're right, for me, hope is is taking a leap of faith. And I, and I know that's not, it's not wishful thinking, but it's, intentionally seeking God's trust and mercy. So, mm. you know, to to have um, like Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It is being sure of what we do not see. And I think, you know, with a lot of things in life and in our faith, um, we don't see it, but we, we have to take the leap of faith and believe it, you know, like creation. Um to to understand that God alone created the earth because we didn't see it happen, but mm. we have to believe it. We have to take that leap of faith. It's the same with the Eucharist, the biggest mystery of, of our faith. Mm. With Noah, um, you know, with the flood, he had to take the leap of faith. He had been warned about the flood and he built the ark to save his family. You know, all these um, examples in the Bible of, of people taking that leap of faith and it's not wishful thinking. Mm. Um, it is believing that God is really there to intervene and and to help us. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, with this with this coach, um, with the coach of the Thai kids. So, as you said, you know, um, for some that leap of faith comes easy, but for me, it probably I don't think it does. Um, I question a lot of things, and I have to remind remind myself to constantly ask for God's help. But that Thai coach, he, um, you know, we've all read that he had quite a deep spirituality. I think he was training to be a monk. or He, he lived with monks apparently. He lived with monks yeah. and, and he had a really tough life. Um, didn't, but you, didn't he lose his whole entire family? Yeah, 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 yeah I read that. Um, but you can imagine, you know, those boys would have been absolutely terrified. Mm. Um, and I don't think hope, um, you know, I think fear would have probably come first before hope. Mm. But, but that's for, only natural. But that's natural. But for that coach, um, you know, I read that they dug a three-metre tunnel before the coach stopped them and said, no, we need to conserve our energy, uh, we need to meditate, and he had that hope. Yeah. You know, he and he shared that hope with the boys and yeah, that's what got them through. You know, I'm sure they would have been fearful, but it was the hope of, you know, mm. of what how God could get them through. I mean, I'm sure the families on the outside, they had the hope. The whole world did. Yeah. Um, but I, I even loved um, in the article it says when the um, English, when the British um, seal pops up in the, you know, yeah. he comes through, he pops up and he's got his headlamp on mm -hmm. and he says, um, first thing he says is how many are, are there? 
and the the boy that one of them miraculously could speak English mm. and he says 13 and the guy says brilliant brilliant yeah and and at the end of the because you know that they had the video footage of and when, even when I when you say that it gives me goosebumps just the and joy but, he, but in it, that. going back to speaking truths he said you are you are very brave boys yeah. I, I just burst into tears because yeah. that's He's speaking truth to them. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and then at the end he says, I am one but there are many, many coming. Mm. I just thought that was, it just brought tears yeah. to my eyes. And reading the um, comments afterwards, uh, did I send you the comments? No. I was no. just, there was like grown men saying, I've, I've, you know, is it okay to say that a grown man has shed tears over? Oh, don't, you'll start me again. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just this. <laughs> Sense of humanity coming together yeah. for the good of another. Yeah, it was beautiful. And that's what we are when when we work together. But the reality is we do live in a broken world, mm. um, a very broken world, and the devil is having an absolute field day because uh, he wants us, to, he, he wants to make us frightened. He wants to make mm. us feel insecure. Um, he wants us to feel unsafe and it's that leap of hope that you were talking about that um, we have to say, yeah, that is true, but I'm not going to despair. Mm, mm. I, I'm sure once despair sets in, that's when things get murky. Yeah. Uh, you have to have, and, and, and it has to be a conscious decision because it's not easy. Mm. Um, it isn't safe. And especially being a parent, um, it makes you more susceptible to losing hope, I think, I find. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a, a, a beautiful friend the other day and she was saying, how, how do you have hope when the things you read, like in the media, like the child abuse and, you know, just I re- this morning I flicked on the, my phone, the news popped up and it said there was, I didn't read it because I didn't want to read it, but the, the title was a small island, you know, it, had a, it looked like it was in, I don't know, Eastern Europe, not an island, but small country, this is where World War Three will start. And I just thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> that, yeah. that's that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's just that um, the media and yeah, they like, dramatize they dramatize everything. They might like to sensationalize yeah. and terrorize us mm. when we have to be people of faith and hope. We have to parent out of faith, not fear. And it's so easy to be fearful. Like we see our kids growing up before our very eyes. You yeah. know. Um, the media, child abuse, porn. I was reading something the other day. Kids as young as eight um, have, if, if you have a smartphone, mm. kids have access to, you yeah. know. Yeah, and they have the knowledge these days to use it. Sure, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we need to surrender that to God and there's that real um, tension, I suppose, between not m- keeping them safe, keeping them um, innocent, but also um, giving them, um, well, the f- making them aware. I think. Yeah, yeah. So there's that tension that parents will always have. Mm. It doesn't matter what age. There's that. Is it a healthy tension? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I think we have to give them a little bit of freedom now, so they test their limits within a healthy um, environment. A healthy environment. Mm. Yeah. Um, but having said that, being people of hope, we're, we're the ones that need to be hope. We need to be that um, light, as mm. we've always heard. Mm. Um, but 
it's really difficult and it's it's difficult because if heaven's not our end game if we don't really know where we're going um it's hard yeah it is it is and i i remember um at that morning tea at your place a few weeks ago someone said that um if we don't allow ourselves to hear god's voice um, we'll never hear him, you know, if we don't, if we learn like a shepherd and leading its flock, the flock know the shepherd's voice, so yeah. they'll follow him. Yeah. But we have to allow ourselves to hear God's voice and we hear that in the gospel stories, you know, or even in meditation, in prayer ourselves, we we hear God. And I, and I think um, at the place I work at, there's not a lot of um, Christianity, you know, they don't, mm. you know, it's, it's, um, it's more a natural kind of environment. <laughs> but I can see... Um, there like I um getting back to creation I suppose and and Genesis tells us that God alone created the heaven and the earth and I love that God gave us the seasons to um to see his idea of um oh we've got a whole, whole heap of kids at the window <laughs> they're distracting me I've got to get on track <laughs> um you know but just that idea that um the seasons for those who who struggle with faith alone, that they struggle with that leap of faith. But God gave us the, the seasons as a visual reminder of hope. Um, like winter, we've we've just come back from um, Victoria and we went to the snow and just that the bareness, you know, the, the nature has been brought down to its absolute bare bones with little to no um, growth, um, the constriction of the cold temperatures and mm. um, the bare trees. And it's an analogy of our own lives when we're worried and depressed or at our weakest. Um, and yet God sees the potential in the bare bones of winter um, when he gives us spring as the next season to delight us. Mm. And um, and that's like our own life. He can see the potential in our own brokenness. Yeah. Um, but we have to have the hope, have the hope of those seasons that the seasons will roll on. Yeah. You know, for people who struggle with faith, I think they can find it in nature that, that God alone has created. Yeah, and I know. You know what? You, people say, oh, spring is in the air. I can smell it. Mm. You know, it has that. Um, ability to be uplifting like it mm. like there's that sense of anticipation there's that there's that sense of wonder mm. and I think Absolutely. as you said nature does show us um God's beauty yeah I mean God God holds everything in existence he has the power to cut it in an instant but by the same token he holds it in in an instant he's constantly making things new mm. Um, and that's the the flow on of the seasons and and our lives. He can make anything anew. Yeah, we just have to surrender to surrender our worries and our concerns to Him and know and that the Lord's love is enough. Yeah, um, I know I struggle with it a lot, but it's always the why. Why? Why? Why didn't I know when? <laughs> I know this sounds really horrible, but when I I can't believe I'm saying this actually, but. Um, when I found out I was having my fourth girl, because I had a boy and four girls, and I'm thinking, another girl? Like, are you, are you serious? I can't even braid hair, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. What is he doing? Um, so I, I'm so guilty. I can't even braid hair. I can't. I can now, but I couldn't. Um, but um, questioning God, like, why, why are you doing this? I know that's nothing tragic about it in my my petty little squabble with God but um we do question him especially when big tragedies hit 
and hardships, you think, why? Where is he in this? Why Why is he choosing to do this? Um, is he... Has, have I, is he, is he punishing me? Um, just those negative uh, kind of, mm. you know, feelings. And that's, he, that's he doesn't normal. love me. He's teaching me a lesson. He's being, you know, he's not being a, the, a kind God. He's being a, a mean God and that is so. Not true. Not, yeah, and it's my lack of faith. Mm. Um, he's not teaching me a lesson mm. by punishing me. Yeah. He is. A good, good father, and I have to just trust in yeah. what happens. A friend of much mine, much easier said than done. Much easier dad. said than done. <laughs> but I did say that a friend of mine um, died of cancer two months ago, and and I said that to her. I don't know how. I think I burst into tears, and so did she. But that God asks His um, toughest soldiers to fight His. No, God asks His strongest soldiers to fight His toughest battles. Mm-hmm. And and she was really appreciative of that because. You know, sometimes you can get bogged down in the why me. Mm. But, you know, there's a greater good in everything. And I think it's important we don't ask him to show us his goodness. We just complain. Well, that's me anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, why? It's not show me where your goodness is in this. And I'm sure yeah. if we asked him, he'll show us. Yeah. And it's probably not where we think it is. Mm. Um. It's like that that um, song by Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's an oldie but a goodie, and it's um, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I I implore you to all right. Look I'll have it a up. Listen. It's beautiful, Garth Brooks. It's a it's a very old song. What's some it? What of is God's it? God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, and okay. it, and it's so true because we can we can ask and and hope for things, and we can be disappointed when it doesn't go the way we want. Mm. But God does work in and through us and he will answer our prayers but often it's not the way we expect yeah well it's not yeah he answers that it's just Mm. not how we imagined it to be um yeah and it's being open to that Mm. and i think by doing that that's where the joy comes that's where the the faith and the hope come um we do i mean look at look at the crucifixion like mm. God turned that into something positive through yeah. in the resurrection. Yeah. And it's the same with our faults and our trials. It can be turned into something positive if we let him work through us. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking also, you know, anxiety and depression is at an all-time high and I think the world is craving for hope. And I think that's why this story resonated with globally, you know, across the world because people wanted something to hold hold on to some mm. yeah that's true there's so much um yeah negativity and sadness yeah and, and we were all hoping for something yeah they were just reading the comments i was crying reading the comments at the bottom they went for page i mean you got your trolls yeah like surely there's other things in the world mm. to think about than the you know and then there were negative ones about the man that the coach yeah there's always negative nancy's yeah <laughs> Um, but we can't be the negative Nancys. No. We have to be the light in the darkness. And to be light, you, we have to actually be in the dark. We have to be down in the mud. We have to be mm. where people are hurting. That's a beautiful analogy. So you can't. You can't. The light won't shine no, in lightness. Exactly. You have to be in the dark for it to shine. You can't, it has no purpose in the light. 
Yeah, that's that's really lovely. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't. It's not my own. I have heard it before. <laughs> um, so these sad and dark, depressing situations call for us to speak light, to speak truth, and to speak hope. Mm. Um, and it's not the same. It's different for every situation. Um, there's no hard and fast rule. Um, but it's just mm. being that light, being that hope. And if we don't do it, who will? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we, as C.S. Lewis said, mm-hmm. you will never meet a mere mortal. Um, you know, like no one is ordinary. We all have purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have a purpose when we're three and we have a purpose when we're 97. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, how are we going for time, Liv? I haven't looked. Mm, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, um, as I said then, when the kids were at the window and I was getting all confused, but we have to allow ourselves to listen to God's word, like, you know, to, to stop and to, to have that quiet time so we actually can hear him. Yeah, speak to us, and and obviously we get that in the Bible. And there are so many beautiful things um, in the Bible that tell us of hope. Yeah. Um, and I just quickly read a few of them. Psalm forty five fifteen, led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Psalm twenty nine eleven, the Lord will bless his people with peace. But even in Second um, Chronicles twenty, <laughs> I'm just rolling them off. But I, my, what I'm getting Chronicles, at is Chronicles Corinthians. <laughs> Um, what I'm getting at, oh, that one is, um, you know, do not be afraid. And that we have to stamp in our, in our psyche, psyche, do not be afraid. That's told over and over again in the Bible, um, for the battle, this battle is not yours, but God's, um, take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance that God will give to you. And he's won. He has, but there is so many, like, and and I'm not very good on the Bible. I am hopeless with a capital H, but I'm going to have hope. Um, that one day I will no be better. No one is hopeless <laughs> and no situation is hopeless. Like I had to look up all of those quotes, I'll be honest. But, there, you know, if you do open your mind to the word of God, you will see that there is so much hope. Mm. That God, God's yeah. desperate. He's so desperate to help us. Um, but he, he really wants us to, um, to ask him, yeah. to trust in him, to no, take that Because he's given faith. us that freedom. We need to ask him. He will give it to us. We yeah. just have to ask. Yeah, and that's like seeing the the goodness in bad things. Like, show me where are you here? Like, get, yeah. if you're feeling discouraged, ask him; he will show you. Mm. Um, it's just flipping it on its head, you know. Instead of poor me, like this is horrible. Where are you in this? And I know some some of these things will not be answered this mm. side of heaven. Mm. They will be answered, but not this side of heaven. And it's that faith. Yeah, that they will be answered in mm. his time. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> no. To have that hope, that trust. No. But it's it's necessary. Yeah. Because otherwise it's, it gets overwhelming. Mm. Mm. Um, and tell me. I think in life and going forward, um, I think we have to, our default position as individuals has to be hope and joyfulness. Yeah. Because if we don't have it, you know, we have such a, um, 
our children are like sponges. And if they don't see that we have the hope and the trust in God, they won't either. Yeah. So our default position has to be hope and joyfulness. Yeah. And we have to say to our Lord, you know, use my life to announce hope. Yeah. And it is so easy to lose perspective when we're in hopeless situations. Yeah. Like it's it's easy and it's it's normal. It's natural. Yeah. But we have to um make a conscious decision to seek hope. Yeah. Good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, um I want to um read a quote that I have heard before on another podcast. And it was actually a quote from Ella Noss. She's a child psychologist and an author. Mm-hmm. And it just spoke to me so profoundly and I thought I would share it. Um, and it's, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of this world. All things break and all thing, things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally extravagantly unconditionally the broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you Mm. do you love it isn't it beautiful that's really beautiful I just thought that's we all need to hear that like don't worry that things are broken because they can be fixed Mm. and they can be mended but you go be intentional you know The broken world waits for your light. I just thought, and that is for every single person. It's not just for me and it's not for, you know, Mm. Doris down the road. It's for everyone. Mm. Mm. And when we do that, when we become that light and that hope and that joy, that faith and love, look what can can happen. You can pull 13 boys out of a cave, Mm. you know, how many kilometres in. Incredible. And I was also reading that it, um, what was it, um, someone was saying, oh, some somebody was getting on the bandwagon saying that it was all men, you know, that saved these boys and where are the women and and somebody said you can't, an army can't function if its bellies aren't full. And apparently um, Buddhists and Muslims and Christians all came together and set up bringing rice mm, and, did, yeah, yeah, and they fed. Yeah. That these men, beautiful. Yeah, I just thought it was just such a story of humanity, and when it comes together and works together, look what can happen. It just gave me so much hope, Mm. and that's why we spoke about hope today. Yep, yep. Just to always remember that God is big; He knows our hearts' desires, and if we make our default position hope and trust that we just got to trust that all will be okay. Mm. In a nutshell, yeah. (laughs) that's it okay um so i didn't have a prayer i had that quote so i don't have a prayer but live joy what's brought you joy joy my joy would be my weekend away with the family we visited the in-laws we went skiing and i fully saw the bare bones of nature (laughs) and you held on a white knuckle hole i did i was frozen and you know, and that I could see that just around the corner would be spring. Um, no, but I love that. And I um, it was in country Victoria and I went op shopping because I love op shopping. Yes. And and again, do. I saw that old can be new again. Someone's trash is my treasure. <laughs> but there was hope in the in the brokenness, in the brokenness in the- of those old pieces. <laughs> I brought home an old printing 
um, press, draw, and that's right. Do not be dismayed. It. Everything can be mended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, Jess? What's your um, fun joy? Well, for the first time in our entire married life, we went. We got to mass early on well, Sunday. Good. Yeah. It's the opposite for me. We're yes. always there early. Yeah, we're never early, and we were early. It wasn't like we were. It was only five minutes, but it was early for us. Um, we went to um, St. Pat's at Parramatta, and if you have you been there yeah. since I've done it up, yeah. so the seats, the altar is in the middle of the church, and the seats go. Um, how, how do you call that? Like grandstand <laughs> si- sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying yeah. to paint a picture for our, up yeah, for our yeah. listeners. So the the altar is in the middle, and everyone is looking in on down onto the altar and we were smack bang right down the front in front of the altar in the front row which we have never been in the front row and um I turn around and then all these um choir people come in in their in their um cerise choir yeah I'm thinking (laughs) oh my gosh it's going to go forever and we're in the front row (laughs) and then they start singing and then the incense and I'm thinking Hold on to your hats, girlfriends, because this is this is we're in the front row and this is going to be dreadful. Yeah, it was so beautiful. I um, it was, and the kids were entertained because they were they could see everything that was going on, and it was eleven o'clock mass. So we had by the time um, the mass had finished, the sun was just streaming directly in, the incenses flying up to heaven. Um, and my tears were rolling. And Bella's going, are you crying, Mum? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, but it was just so, it, it gave me so much hope because mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot. It's always, I mean, the Catholic Church is number one, public public enemy number one. Yeah. yeah. We get so much flack and it rubs off on you. Yeah, it, you kind of feel like it's it's it, it can get you down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and there, there were um, three priests, um, about six altar servers, incense, and I thought I was going to. I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. But it was so beautiful. Mm. Where was your trust? Exactly, <laughs> that's it. I struggled with it. I told you, but the priest, his homily was like, knock the socks off you. He's saying that you know, in a nutshell, he's saying there's a war against marriage. There's a war against families. There's a war against social justice. And he said, go home, love your wife, husbands, you know, uh, wives love your husbands, children love your parents. Um, And if you don't build love in your home, then how are you going to build it somewhere else? And let me guess, you cried again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I'm, oh, my gosh, I'm hopeless. I was was a mess. But, um, you know, and and the problem is because everyone looks at you because you're opposite each other. Yeah, and I'm here like a blubbering mess. And Bella and the kids are, and What's you already were you? a point of difference with six kids. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that brought me tears of joy. It was just really beautiful and hopeful. Um, and that's it. That's it. Yep. See you next week. All right. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>